Radio Alhara, this is a special two-hour presentation of Never Records. This week, I released a publication called 10 Years of Never Records, celebrating over a decade of performance. I'm grateful to Radio Alhara for giving me this platform to spend the next two hours with you celebrating a decade of Never Records. 10 Years of Never Records is a limited edition album featuring text and images instead of vinyl records. It features essays by me, Dan Cameron, Hamed Masri, and Radio Alhara's own Saeed Abu Jabber, with photographs by me, Jason Weich, and Ryan Hogston Rigsby from New Orleans. The double album comes with three booklets, and it's stamped with an edition number in silver foil. It's really a beautiful thing. And you can find it at neverrecords.net, the home of Never Records. For those of you that don't know, Never Records is an artwork that emphasizes community, listening as a sociopolitical act, transcendental science, the visualization of sound, and what Alan Lomax describes as a fomenting of cultural ecstasy. It's heavily influenced by Fluxus, Capro's Happenings, Bouriard, Harry Smith, and the collectivism of the 1980s and 90s DC punk scene. Since 2010, I have traveled the world cutting vinyl records for free as a social gift. With each session, I teach participants the transcendental science of record cutting, along with a physical demonstration of the visualization of sound waves. From New York to Lisbon, Derry, London, Liverpool, Amman, New Orleans, Kansas City, and Brooklyn, I have been teaching the art of listening through the visualization of sound. And what started out as a very conceited art project has turned into something much bigger. Last year I wrote, Oh, my beautiful Never Records family, I'm feeling the collective beauty of our endeavor. It sounds so corporeal, but I have ingested all of our songs, memorized them, lived them, when I play the tracks, I can air drum, air guitar, karaoke every moment. Each track teleports me back to the time we made it. The circumstance, the external noises we fought against, what we were drinking and eating, the temperature in the room, our desperate efforts to make the best recording we could. It has all made me a better person a better musician, a better artist. I write this as I revisit a decade of Never Records, the soundtrack of my life. It is all such a gift. You are all a gift. You have my fervent and never-ending gratitude. So here we go. Sit back and relax and enjoy a sonic tour of the world. We're gonna kick things off with a recording by one of my favorite guitarists, whose music you've heard under my voice just now. He recorded a special song just for this program. His name's Bill Fallon, and he's from Marblehead, Massachusetts.
What a way to start this two-hour set. That was Ryan Vale and the Elma Orchestra with their award-winning track, Arlene, from the album Borders. Before that, you heard When and If by my dear friend and one of my favorite guitarists on the planet, Bill Fallon. I asked them both to contribute to today's program, and boy, am I grateful. Back in 2013, we traveled to Derry, Ireland to premiere the Never Records film, Never Records You're Not Listening. Stephen McCauley, a DJ on BBC's Radio Foil, made a special program live from an old, old concert venue in the center of Derry. For the program, he traveled with Ryan Vale back to the original site of Never Records in the Context Gallery. And he asked Ryan how Never Records impacted him. And Ryan Vale is an electronic producer from Derry. This morning, we returned to the original site of the Never Records exhibition, the old context gallery space in the Playhouse. For Ryan, Never Records played a fundamental role in his own development as an artist. Uh, well, to be honest, I think um, it's one of those things that actually started my career as an artist. Um, before that, I kind of was pretty much a lazy bedroom producer and I wasn't motivated. Uh, you know, me and Katie especially, we've always said there's like four four people that's responsible for where we are now. It was yourself, Gareth Stewart, local promoter, Ted Reader and the guys from Never, uh, and our manager, London. And, you know, it was kind of, there's a chain of events that led to where we are now, and it all started with Never Records, so. We're here in the old Context Gallery, which is where the original exhibition happened two years ago. There's a flag workshop in here taking place today. How would you describe this space two years ago? Oh, God. Um, Ted set out, you know, what was it? It was an empty record store, and he hoped he filled it full of local artists. Um, it ended up like a community after, well, a very short time, really. I remember when I came to do my recording with Ted, and it was the most relaxed thing I ever took part in. There was just people wandering about while live recordings were happening and just people coming on taking photos that were genuinely interested. But got a, a town excited again about music and it was very easy to see how fast it was happening so yeah how would you describe the impact that it had on the music community here at that time uh, i think anybody will say it was the biggest impact anything's probably had in the last six years all the bands at the time weren't really spending time on their own town they were they were touring europe and you know what was left here was people that wanted to play but just didn't have the drive so after Ted left, there was like this kind of, right guys, let's, let's do it. Some outsider just came in and like breathed life on this again. Now we need to kind of keep it going. So from that, you've had like folk nights that have started up again, dance nights, electronic nights, and all of a sudden Derry's, you know, full of life again, and it has been since he's left, so. Well, more than most, you've embraced vinyl since, uh, since Never Records. You've been involved in at least three vinyl releases that I'm aware of. Why is that? Um, I started from a young age, and um, my love for music started with DJing, pretty much like yourself. And 
for a DJ back when I was 16. That's what, 12, 13 years ago. Um, it was all vinyl. So basically you were saving up every week to buy your one single or, and it seemed more kind of precious at that time. And when I was given the chance to actually record live on the vinyl, that was like a dream come true at the time. And I kind of felt extremely privileged. I know other people probably thought, oh, this is cool. But I actually, it was nearly an emotional thing for me to be able to do that. So after we kind of started taking off from Never Records, we kind of made a point of, you know, if we're going to do this, we'll do it the way that we want to buy music and it was through the medium of vinyl so yeah I think there was only one release we, we didn't get on vinyl um, everything after that since has been vinyl and been doing really well I think people have more of an appreciation for something that they can hold in the sun that's rain by the she stood out Beat. 
And I kissed goodbye. We kissed goodbye. Where does the road be by? Here we wake up. Where the coals all stacked. To the job you hit. Like the swear you're quit. When you find the peace. Like the son of our mom Loves the ball and we If you lose first time Make it best of three Like a running fox Loves the chasing hound If you lose the pack Connor O'Kane, a.k.a. the Techno Peasant, also from Northern Ireland. There's been a couple of musicians that have traveled with Never Records and are kind of the spiritual brothers that help push it along. And Connor O'Kane is one of them. That's a world premiere of sorts. That's a live track recorded back at the opening night of Never Records in Kansas City in 2018. It's one of my favorite songs of Connor called The Buchelin Bui. It's about a flower called the Buchelin Bui, which is poisonous to all animals except for the cinnabar moth. I love the chorus. Like the running fox loves the chasing hound. If you lose the pack, you might find your ground. No one is as good of a writer as Connor. Another musician that's traveled with Never Records is the inimitable S.J. Downs, who you've heard me play many times 
I've recorded him on a prairie in Kansas, a cave in Petra, and on the banks of the Mississippi River. On a kingdom shore. Thank you. 
said down the road came a junko parana and he was loaded as can be he was knocked out knocked out and loaded he was wobbling all over the street singing six six months it ain't no sentence And one year It ain't no time Well I got friends In Angola Serving 14 To 99 Say please give me whiskey I'm getting thirsty from New Orleans, Louisiana, with a special track he recorded just for you today. The song's called Junko Partner, and you might remember it from the four-album, what I consider a masterpiece, Sandinista by The Clash. It turns out that song has a deep history, according to Dr. John, New Orleans legend. He claims that it was an anthem of the dopers, the whores, the pimps, and the cons, and they sang it in Angola, the state prison farm. The rhythm of that track was known as the Jailbird Beat. And before that, you heard S.J. Downs, one of Never Records' most beloved musicians, recorded live on a levee on the banks of the Mississippi back in 2012. He's playing a 100-year-old parlor guitar originally made in Chicago, which he repatriated from England. 
I was just recently gifted a hard drive full of hundreds of hours of videos filmed by my dear friend Jason Weich at various Never Records across the world. And one of the treasures on that hard drive is a two-camera video of Stu playing on the Mississippi, which I edited and is available on my Vimeo page, which you can find through neverrecords.net. So I've been doing this project for 11 and a half years. And unfortunately, in that time, we've lost some musicians. I couldn't be more proud to play the next song for you. Out of the 600 or so recordings that I have made all around the world, this is perhaps one of the most important. Not only am I proud of the recording itself, but I'm proud to have captured a once-in-a-lifetime performance by Tim Green, one of the greatest sax players I've ever heard. Sadly, Tim died in the summer of 2014. With his passing, I realized how important Never Records could be as a historical record, and this recording haunts me. Andrew McLean, a music teacher, an amazing guitar player, an Indian music virtuoso, contacted me about making a recording of a classical Indian ensemble heavily influenced by Sun Ra. They recorded the very last session of Never Records New Orleans. It was a big band. Andrew was playing the Sarod. There was a tabla player, a tanpura, saxophone, and a concert harp player. That's right, a great big classical harp. I used all of my microphones and available tracks, and the result is as close to a perfect live recording as I have ever come. Tim Green was playing a saxophone that actually had a bell on the end of it as opposed to a horn. I had never seen anything like it. It was only one of a few prototypes made when the saxophone patent was sold to a marching band company, and it was something that Tim obviously treasured. Listen to how warm and soft his horn sounds, like a saxophone with a mute. I can honestly say that this recording, like so many I've been lucky to make, changed my life.
That was Sun Raga featuring Tim Green. Never Records lost another New Orleans musician in the past couple of months. A beloved artist named Clyde Casey, who roamed the streets of New Orleans with his musical sculptures on wheels. I recorded him on Halloween night back in 2012 in the French Quarter, and I'll never forget it. It was one of those magical moments that I'll remember to the day I die. Uh, my name's Clyde Casey, and, um, and I'm playing inside of my, uh, it's my Terpsichorean time traveler of paranormal percussion. And the other rig that was uh, played by somebody who just came by, it's Halloween, and uh, I've got sticks for everybody to play. And the other rig is my flycycle from the fourth dimension. And, um, and so we've been playing pretty much just a little spontaneous uh, uh, jam here, a little bit of a jig, uh, it's Halloween. And I really get into the whole spontaneous uh, improv energy that happens on the street at this 30 degrees latitude, 90 degrees longitude place on the planet. <laughs>
Rest in peace, Clyde Casey. I know New Orleans is a little less colorful without you. I feel really lucky to have captured that performance back in 2012. It's remarkable to me how both Clyde and Tim live through these recordings. We're gonna go to London and pay tribute to one more musician that we've lost in the past 10 years. His name is Dean Hall, and he was the singer of the garage rock band Limousine, which I recorded in London as part of the Merge Festival back in 2011, hosted by Illuminate Productions, Better Bankside, and the Tate Modern. Dean is loved by his London community, and I'm so grateful that I have this recording. Radio Alhara, you're now well into your second hour of a special presentation celebrating the launch of 10 Years of Never Records, a publication available at neverrecords.net. Last week, to help celebrate the launch of the book, I hosted a concert at the Art Club on Fulton Street in Brooklyn. And it was about as Brooklyn as it gets. A bar and gallery owned by visual artists, which was hosting a drag performance that night, and in the dingy, dingy basement, we had an amazing, amazing concert by Helen Jalay from New Orleans, who was on tour, Jay Ivkovich, a.k.a. the Ice Bitch from Brooklyn, and Neil Murgai from the Brooklyn Raga Massive. And guess what? I recorded it for the Radio Alhara family. Here's the opening passage featuring Helen Jalay and Jay Ivkovich.
That was Helen Jalay, Jay Ivkovich, and Neil Murgai performing last week at the Art Club on Fulton Street in Brooklyn. There's a lot to say about that recording. First, how awesome is Helen Jalay? She channels the spirit of Arthur Russell. Jay Ivkovich, who was playing synthesizers and drum machines, was also doing a live light show, which was triggered by the audio. It was beautiful. And Neil Murgai, who's new to me, was doing this amazing overtone singing, which was inspired by Indian music as well as Mongolian throat singing. What, what an awesome combination. One of the amazing things about the past decade is I've been able to collaborate with a lot of radio DJs around the world. And one of my favorites is Marianne Hobbs from BBC Radio 6. I've been really fortunate to collaborate with a producer named Helen Weatherhead, who's put together a series of radio pieces over the years. Here is a short about Amon Jordan, which originally aired back in 2016. I've been in Jordan for four weeks doing my Never Records project. The project is very simple. The idea is that when you provide an ear to a community, uh, it galvanizes that community. I think in our culture, which is a tumult of information and media spinning by us at such a rapid pace, no one really is listening to each other anymore. We set out to record whoever wanted to make a record, and we flyered the city in music shops and coffee shops, and we quickly filled our calendar, but the really wonderful thing has just been passers-by have come into the shop and made recordings, and I have, I've recorded people from Syria, from Lebanon, from Baghdad, from Palestine, I've recorded an Armenian Duduk player, a classically trained Baghdadian singer. I've recorded an Egyptian music teacher in his 80s. I've recorded hip hop. Uh, Amon has quite an amazing hip hop scene. I've recorded experimental dance, just about whatever you could imagine. interest in selling the songs. All I care about is that one moment when I pass the vinyl to the participant and they get a huge smile, or the moment when I explain that the lathe has this cutter head that's like a beating heart and it's etching sound waves onto uh, uh, the, the vinyl. I would say that I know it's been a success because people keep coming back. So I had a couple of walk-ins. I had this Syrian musician come in just completely unannounced and we set up really quickly and recorded him. And he was very standoffish at first, but he's been back every day with his with his oud, which is like a, a guitar. And he's not the only one. I had this guy who was an accountant that trained in Baghdad to study classical singing and he had sort of given it up to focus on work and he walked by the store one night and we coaxed a song out of him and he's been back every night too so I know that's really important. This is a love letter to Amman and I think Never Records is kind of a love letter to the world. So our goal was simply to shed a positive light on a region that just gets portrayed negatively. And in doing so, in, in working towards that goal, we're trying to also put a human face, a human side, a human sound 
to um, the refugee crisis. Born o'er the ocean's foam From the heart of the green Caribbean To those grey Chaldean slopes Where have weathered many's martial dream and hope A harvest of seeds they are blown Higher than mountains Born o'er the ocean's foam From the heart of the green Caribbean To those grey Chaldean slopes Where have weathered many's Marshall dream and hope. <laughs> Through scorching heat and parching truth and biting cold, the fiery pulse of life it knows. It's only mission now to grow, the bud to blossom, draw near those who find more fragrant than the rose, those flowers of Guantanamo. Orange blossoms spread by pollinators eager fed as rich red anger's twisted root assimilates the bitter truth of economic coexistences far beyond these razored fences and the mediated new consensus. That this fresh flower and blood kicked snow never knew Guantanamo. Unheeded in the parcher lounge, the girls that left their native towns in Minehead, Swansea, Keithley, Perth, they failed to find a life of worth. No hanging round the old playground, they're off to chase this dream they've found and become too, if it may be so. More flowers of Guantanamo.
من لم يذق طعم المحبة ما مرس ما كل من ذاق الصبابة مغرم من لم يذق طعم المحبة ما مرس أنا يا روان أنا لمست ذكرك في الصباح وفي الغنس يا جنتان يا جنتان يا جنتان عاشقين تسخرفت جودي 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 بوصلك فالمتيم مهتنس أنيت قالت كم تئن أجبتها هذا أنين مفارق بالموت حس قالت أما قلت لها اللقاء قالت أزيدك بالوصال فقلت بس فتبسمت عجبا وقالت وصلي لن ترى فهذا أمر من أخذ النفس قرأت سعاد بضد ما أقرأ أنا أقرأ لم نشرح فتقرأني يا عباس
That was a three-song set recorded in Amman, Jordan in 2016. I was the guest of Turbo, Radio Alhara's own Motana Hussein and Saeed Abu-Jabber. We first heard a really cool mashup of musicians from Northern Ireland, Connor O'Kane, S.J. Downs, who played harmonica, and Harag, an Armenian Daduk player who happened to be in Amman. We followed that with another track by Harag with a musician named Jalal, who wasn't even supposed to make a recording, but happened to sit in on a session, and we begged him to record for us after hearing his voice. And to end that set, we heard Muyad Al Halo, who performed after we met at the opening party of Never Records, and I asked him to come back and record. And now for something completely different. Here is a little radio short that appeared on Radio 6 back in 2018. My father was a mountaineer. Never Records is an art project. It's not a record label. It's a conceptual art project that explores the potential of a record store and a record label to unite, educate, and uplift a community through recorded sound. The premise is simple. I travel to a city and open a record shop where nothing is for sale. I invite anyone who wants to make a record to come in and record for free. I cut two copies of their performance only, just two. One for me and one for the performer. During the session, I explain the transcendental science of record cutting and show them how a diamond vibrating to sound waves can etch music and words onto a record forever. Coming from a big city like New York, I had a lot of preconceptions of what a small town like Kansas City would have to offer. But I've been blown away by the amount of talent here. And I feel like I've arrived at an amazing time. It's still possible to rent storefronts and studios for a reasonable price. So there's a hive of activity here. Collectives, print shops, record stores, and restaurants abound. In the late 19th and 20th century, this town was called the Paris of the Plains because of its rich culture. Like London or New York, which are port towns, Kansas City is a transportation hub at the center of the United States. All roads west seem to lead from here. In the frontier days, this was the gateway to the west, the last stopping point for settlers in search of homesteads. After the Civil War, it was also a major settlement for freed slaves. Because of this rich history, music and art has always thrived here. Folk, Americana, country and bluegrass all share the same stage with jazz, hip-hop, and experimental music. Since I've been in Kansas City, I've recorded in cuts of vinyl bluegrass, country, hip-hop, jazz, Sean Nos, Irish traditional acapella, honky-tonk, blues, the work song of an indigenous Brazilian potter, a family spread across the world singing their lost husband and father's lullaby, Sufi violin, Bolivian free jazz, experimental piano lock grooves, a poem lambasting Kanye West, acoustic swing, an architect reading directions, and a father and son who run a restaurant whose recipes are based on roasted tomatillos. I've recorded London-based blues musician S.J. Downs serenading a bison on the prairie, banjo maven Kelly Hunt's adaptation of a Civil War love letter, a punk band called I Threw a Chair, whose front men and women are adults with disabilities. 
I think what draws people to the project is a desire to be a part of a global chorus of performers, uh, an urge to place their vinyl record next to the records of other musicians from other cities. And as bleak as global politics may seem, and they seem really bleak right now, and as divided as we are, there's a desire on the street level to sing and be heard and to hear the songs of others. This may sound a bit inscrutable, but at its heart, Never Records isn't about music at all, rather the poetics of sound. But what interests me the most, beyond the fellowship of recorded sound, beyond the ability of music to transcend political, religious, and economic differences, is the way that sound can bypass language and communicate a feeling or inspire ideas without words. Arturo Vega, the artist who designed the Ramones logo, gave Never Records its motto, you are not listening. It's a call to arms, a challenge that we should all start listening to one another with an open heart. My father was a mountaineer. The next Never Records will be in 2020 in Brooklyn, New York. It's going to be the 10th anniversary of the project. I can't believe that it's been going on for that long. And after that, I'm working on one in Madras, India. I love the idea of bringing bluegrass or country music to the Indian capital of Carnatic music. Bluegrass meets traditional Indian music. And then after that, who knows? Does anybody want to make a record?
from that prison descend to the other pulsing friend mystified by moonlight mystified by cloud from that prison descend your secrets, all your shame, all confusion will fade away, all your losses, they turn to gain, love you offer, it will remain, all your secrets, all your shame, all confusion will fade away, all your losses, they turn to gain, love you offer, it will remain, it will remain, it will remain. That was Patrick Morathy, recorded in Kansas City back in 2018. Before that, we heard the trio Aztlan, even though they had six members, with their song Cumbia Aztlan. 
Before that, we heard Short Round String Band with a bluegrass classic, Chase Old Satan Through the Door. And before that, Lorna Kay's One Night Stand with You're Running Wild, a classic tune by the Lewin Brothers. I've recently been in touch with a musician named Dave O'Connor, who's based in Australia. In 2011, he was on vacation with his father, and they wandered into Never Records. They came to meet Arturo Vega, the artist behind the Ramones, who was a dear friend of mine and was in London helping me silkscreen t-shirts of all things. He was also performing in the Merge Festival. I asked them if they wanted to make a record, and after some hesitation, because they didn't have a musical instrument, and their flight was leaving the next night, they decided to go out to a music store and rent a guitar for Dave. And they came in the next day, and we recorded a song. Dave and I were talking a few years later, and he said it became a very important memory for him, because his father, Stephen O'Connor, passed away in 2015. I asked Dave, who's a musician in Australia doing amazing things, if he could contribute some thoughts about the process for us today. Hi, my name's David O'Connor. I was lucky enough to come across Ted and Never Records in about 2011 or 12, I think it was, in, in London on the River Thames. And uh, I was pretty young at this point and I hadn't put out much music at all, but I was already a, a keen musician and I knew that. And Ted helped me do a song which I was so grateful for then and now I went there and I guess I met him with my father I was travelling at that point with my father so it's a really nice memory to me it's really special because he's passed away since then so we've got these you know I've got this to remember him by and some great you know some great memories from when we were there in London and, and meeting Ted and I remember my dad's excitement about Arturo Vega's artwork and just blew his blew his mind, really. Um, and I got a lot out of that experience, really. I got to, I met another friend called Ayo Volas, who, who I still, who's an artist who I still keep in touch with. And I met him there, and we've collaborated. I've made beats for him. And I mean, from yeah, from such a short experience. And Ted's motivation and the space at the time, I think it's a, a big combination of of really nice positive things that that kind of hit you in the face as soon as you walked in there, if you know what I mean. Part of my Australian slang. But you only have good to speak of of that um, that space and Ted and and that memory. It's very nice, very special to me.
And so we've come to the end of a two-hour set, celebrating the launch of the new publication, 10 Years of Never Records. It's available at neverrecords.net if anyone is interested. I'm going to end today with a reflection I wrote at the end of Kansas City. It kind of sums up my feelings about how Never Records has turned from a conceited conceptual art project into a way of life, or as James Joyce said, a mode of living. It's been a week since I returned from the last Never Records in Kansas City, and I have a full heart. Sound can possess the magical ability to bypass language, and it's stockpiled not in the auditory cortex or the frontal lobe, but in my heart. Unlike a full stomach after a feast with friends, which anchors you to your legs and to the ground, a full heart is unbalancing. I careen through my day top-heavy, like my four-month-old son, Theo, who could only hold his head up for short instances. I felt this way before. Each time I've returned from Never Records, my passion for listening to the song of the world is renewed. It's easy to burn up during re-entry to my New York life, the postpartum that comes with the end of any performance or exhibition. Yet, I am not sad nor depressed at the ending. Rather, a bit drunk as Baudelaire prescribes, so as not to feel time's horrible burden. And to hear the sound of the wind whipping prairie grass in Kansas City, the wave, a bluegrass song, the clock, and all that which groans, which rolls, and which sings. A big hug to the Radio Alhara family. Thank you so much for letting me play my sounds for you. Special thanks to Mathana Saeed for being such awesome dudes. <laughs> Radio Alhara, this was Never Records. <laughs>